Hey folks, welcome to another episode of The Imprint. This is Watch Edwards of Billion Hope and uh, so awesome to have you guys here after a whole week. Tonight's going to be awesome, yeah. I will not be the one doing all the talking. We have a very, very, very special guest in our midst. We have AY, IO, very good guys. I think we met in 20, 2019 or 2020. I really can't remember. How did I even meet him? Okay, yeah, I remember. I remember. It was through a group, you know, kind of like a group where we just communicate, share ideas and all. I think it was one girl that created good praise. Yes, praise. I mean, P Bams for short. And I don't know how. Me and AY exchanged numbers, and that was it. We go talk him. AY is a forex trader, so he showed me one interesting way of trading, and I really liked that way, and that was it, and we started vibing, sharing trade ideas, all that stuff, we did stuff together, we got on a project together, Innovers, yeah, but although it wasn't a successful project, with some of my other guys, yeah, like Diamond, Passionate, Casey, and all of them, and, and that was it, and ever since, it's been crazy, but he just jumped on a crazy content writing gig of recent, let's have Ayo, okay, quickly, Ayo is a leader, an economist, an experienced forex and crypto trader, an investor, and a content writer. He has a special interest in the financial world and how it operates, and he's passionate about impacting everyone he comes about before I even let him come on stage. You know, there was one time we were working on a project and then we had difficulties, you know, putting some things out. Ayo was just coming with a big, big grammar guy. This guy is a crazy grammar guy. And yeah, it's awesome to have you here. It's very fantastic. He'll be giving us valuable tips in times of economic hardship. So basically staying above the water, you know, probably there's a whole large ocean and then they're just trying to, you know, make sure you're above the water and not drowning, yeah. So that's what Ayo is to do, yeah. Welcome, to It's awesome to have you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Introduction, even though, <laughs> even though you really hyped me a lot. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, fast, fast. You said, you say fast that one now. Actually, um, Fortune has been a great guy. He has been a great guy ever since we met. And we met on social media. And he's one of the gifts that WhatsApp has given me so far. Ever since I've been on WhatsApp, he's one of the gifts that social media has given me because people are actually gifts. And what you have noticed is that we've not even met. Yeah. Not yeah. But the way we interact, we've really grown woven into one another. And seriously, at this stage, he's just my brother. And I'm really appreciative for the opportunity he has given me to come around and to yeah. share my wisdom with us also. Because I've been a part of us on the sessions from building relationships to knowing your limit and all the podcasts I've always been following and I've actually been blessed immensely. Mm-hmm. Staying above the water, valuable financial tips for economic hard times. So basically, we'll be looking at what are economic hard times? What defines economic hard times? Is Nigeria, are we currently in an economic hard times? Now we'll be localizing what we'll be discussing. We'll be discussing things that pertains to us, practical things that pertains to us. And then after looking at that, we'll now be looking at the financial tips, valuable financial tips and practical tips that we can apply. So that if we are in an economic hard time as a nation, how can we apply wisdom? 
to survive it and to actually try. One of the richest men in history, King Solomon, one time king of Israel, is actually one of the richest men in history. So his words are actually valuable. He said that the foolish man sees trouble coming, then he walks right into it. But the wise one sees trouble coming and avoids it. So the difference between the foolish and the wise is not just seeing trouble. It's not being able to observe that something is happening, but being able to actually apply wisdom and avoid it. So we are going to be looking at what economic times are and valuable financial tips that can help us to avoid it. So moving quickly, what are economic hard times? What defines economic hard times, economic hardship, especially in Nigeria, that we're in this Nigeria that we are in presently? Now, according to Cambridge Dictionary, economic hardship is caused by having too little money or resources. Hard times basically a time when someone experiences difficulty in paying bills and sorting out basic needs such as food, clothing, rent, school fees, even pocket money. As a family, when most times individuals go through hard times singly and also as a family also, families can at times go through hard times when there's issue paying school fees. I don't know how most of us grew up. I'm sure most of us did not grow up with the silver spoon. There must have been times whereby we had issue even feeding, whereby we had issue paying school fees or paying rent or clothes, buying Christmas clothes and all that. Those periods are actually what defines economic hard times. Now, when they prolong, when those periods prolong, they can actually make people to fall below the poverty threshold. So economic hard times can come and go, but once economic hard times prolong, people can begin to fall into poverty threshold. That's when we say that people are poor. For a business, hard times before businesses, when they can hardly manage to break even at the end of the accounting period. So it's not a big grammar. Just maybe at the end of the week or at the end of the month. If as a business, a business you are running, if you are finding it hard to probably break even, or you are breaking even, but you're not making that as an established business, you're not making enough profit to meet your needs or as it should be to keep you running, then that business is also facing economic hardship. Hardship is what brings about lack, hunger, and causes people to fall below the poverty threshold. So now in Nigeria, what are the current facts about our state of economy? Are we experiencing hardship in Nigeria or people are just vibing? I know we can say, yes, the normal thing is, yes, ah, everything is hard, town is hard, and all that and all that. But I'll be presenting us with the facts of Nigeria's economy. I'll be presenting us with the facts and figures, statistics of Nigeria's economy. And I'll leave us at the end of the day to answer if truly Nigeria is facing hard time or not. So number one fact is that Nigeria's economy is growing slowly. At the end of this year, our GDP levels our GDP is basically gross domestic product. That is the total amount of products, goods and services or values that we offer as a nation in a year. So Nigeria's economy is growing slowly. At the end of this year, we will be approaching 2010 GDP levels. And what this means is that our GDP at the end of 2021 will be equal to what we had at, as of 2010. What this means is that we would have reversed a full 10 years scale. We would have gone back 
10 years time. So all the economic progress we had for the past 10 years, we would have done it then. in terms of education sector, in terms of electricity, even the economy itself, we would have done away with, with that. So the second fact I'll be giving us is that, according to the World Bank, Nigeria's poverty rate is 71%. Now, if you look at um, the Nigeria Bureau of Statistics, NBS, their own poverty rate for Nigeria is just 40%. But that is not true because there are different ways to measure poverty. They measure poverty on using the dollar ratio, that's the amount of dollar in your account. That's why they embark on distributing 5-5K to people. We should have to say, why are they distributing 5-5K? So when they distribute that 5-5K, the money in your account actually surpasses a particular dollar level. So that way, they can actually see that, yes, they've got people out of poverty. But it's not sustainable. So the World Bank uses the multidimensional approach. Now, according to the World Bank, Nigeria's poverty rate is 71%. The, what this means is that if you put 10, 10 random Nigeria side by side, seven out of us are poor and broke and chapalized. <laughs> if you take 10 persons at random in this group, if all of us are from Nigeria, if you take 10 of us, at least seven are experiencing economic hardship. And it is not just normal financial poverty. It is what the World Bank calls it multi-dimensional poverty. This is when people are poor spirit, soul, and body. Let me just put it down. This is when people are poor in terms of no access to healthcare, in terms of there's no free education or accessible education. There is no electricity, no stable electricity. Even internet is expensive to access. So Nigerians are not just experiencing financial poverty. They are experiencing what economists refer to as multidimensional poverty. Now, this is especially disturbing when we compare ourselves to other countries. Some people will be like, um, we are not the only country too that is poor and so, 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 and so other countries too are also poor. But now let's compare ourselves. We are unique in the sense that we are an oil producing country. So let's compare ourselves to other oil producing countries also that are also developed. For instance, Brazil. Brazil is also an oil producing country and it is also just developing like us. Brazil has just 3.1% poverty rates. Brazil has 3.1% poverty. What this means is that in Brazil, if you take 100 Brazilians, you only see three people that are multidimensionally poor like Nigeria. Mexico has 6.5%. Ecuador has 9.7%. These countries produce oil just like Nigeria and they are still developing. Even Iran, that are practicing Sharia, they have just 3.1%. When you take 100 persons, you just see three persons out of them that are poor, that they don't have access to good health, they are financially poor, they don't have access to good education, electricity and internet but nigeria the giant of africa when you take 100 of us we have 71 percent poverty ratio. so when you take 100 nigerians you have 71 people that are poor so it's a shameful stuff now what makes it now worse is our population so most times we are complaining we just realize that the country is hard the country is hard why is it hard our population is also a case for it. And when I'm saying population, I'm not saying that maybe government should start killing, maybe we should start killing ourselves, or how people used to say that big gates want to kill people with vaccines and all that. Basically, we have a current population size of 200 million, and our population increases by 2.5%. Now, we mentioned some figures there, so we can do well to pay attention. Our population increases by at least 2.5%. This means that every year, our population increases by 5 million. 5 million new Nigerians are added to us. Now, this is not good for the economy. Why? Because our economy is not 
don't bring proportionality to our population rights. Normally, for a progressive economy, for a progressive state, the economy is supposed to be growing at least two or three times above what the population goes. But here's the shocker. Our population is growing at 2.5%. And next year, by 2022, our economy is stipulated to grow by 2.6%. So population is growing by 2.5%. Economy is stipulated to grow by 2.6%. So that means, if you do the division, that means the growth we actually expecting to happen in 2022 is just 1%, 1.02%. So that means that if all things go well, Cedric Paribas, God is with us, God answer our prayers, another another pandemic did not happen, another recession did not happen, and nothing, no unfortunate incident happens, we will only grow by 1% when we divide it by population counts. So we can see that Nigerians, Nigeria is actually, we are actually the headquarters. We are the world poorest nation and we are the headquarters of poverty in the world. It is sad. It is sad, but it is the truth and it is the fact that figures to back it. Now, the second fact which I will be telling us, this one is pointing towards the next year, is that we are going to look at the impact of the intended fuel subsidy removal in early 2022. I don't know if you guys have heard, but it's no longer news that the government will be removing fuel subsidy in 2022. Now, we should ask ourselves, how will this affect me? Who is in reverse of this? They will say they will remove it, they don't remove it. How will it affect me? Now, fuel subsidy has to be removed in Nigeria, first of all. That's my own argument, my own economic viewpoint about it. Fuel subsidy has to be removed because it is not sustainable. You will notice during um, the previous political era, that's during Jonathan's era, when they wanted to remove this fuel subsidy, it was this same set of people that were in government. Now, I'm not being political or anything, I'm just saying. It's this same set of people in government that were actually protesting against fuel subsidy removal. So how come now that they are now in government, they are not the ones saying that they want to remove it and they want to remove it at once? Why do they want to remove fuel subsidy? Now, this is because the IMF, that's the International Monetary Fund, those are the people that borrow us the money that we are living on. All the loans, all the dollar loans we are collecting, we get it from there. The IMF. Now, they have compulsed us to remove subsidy. This part of the agreement that Buhari signed when he was trying to get those loans. So it's compulsory by February 2022. We have to. I see people saying they want to protest, they want to protest about it. Even some students are guarding themselves, Labour Congress. They will protest and they will go because it will not stop subsidy removal. Subsidy has to be removed. Now, when the subsidy is removed, it really have to be because IMF has said so. IMF, they are the one borrowing us the money and our economy is running on 40% borrowed funds. So 40% of our budget, 40% of the nation is running on borrowed funds and the fund is being provided by this IMF. Now, what happens when fuel subsidy is removed? What happens? Number one, petrol will sell for, I don't want to go into the intricacies of the demand and supply, but petrol will sell for around 320 to 349. Currently, petrol sells for like 162 to 175 naira. When you remove it, petroleum prices will double at least before any impact can come because we don't have refineries. People are saying Dangote refinery, but I hope it works out. Even Dangote refinery, before it will come on, will be towards the end of next year. So we are still going to chop, we'll drink our full gari from the beginning of next year. So petroleum price will increase to like 340 naira. Now, when petroleum prices increases to 340 naira, what happens? We know the average Nigerian knows that according to the local chain supply, when petrol price increases, prices of other things increases. 
prices of food, for instance, will increase food prices. Why? Especially here in the south, because most of those foods, we don't plant them. We rather bring them, we transport them from the northern side of the nation. So when the prices of fuel increase, the price of transportation costs will also increase and automatically the selling price of those foods will increase. So one thing that this first subsidy removal will affect is food prices. Prices of food will increase anywhere from 50 to 100 percent. Sounds like doomsday, but it's actually the truth. So price of food will increase, price of transportation will also increase. Now, the third thing I'll be talking about is food insecurity and scarcity. Now that we have looked at fraud subsidy, we have first looked at Nigeria being the poverty capital of the world, 71% of Nigerians are poor, 7 in 10, 71 in 100 of Nigerians are poor. Fuel subsidy removal by next year is going to affect petrol prices and when petrol prices increase, food prices are also going to increase. Now, we'll now look at that food insecurity and scarcity. Where there is no security, there can be unity and progress. Where there's no peace, there can be unity and progress. The Nigerian motto says, at the end of the Nigerian death, it says, peace and unity. So if there's no peace, there can be unity. If there's no unity, there can be progress. And if there's no progress, there can be prosperity. That's the order in which economic development should go. Peace, unity, progress, prosperity, development. Now, in Nigeria, there is, there is, we are experiencing food insecurity. And the food insecurity is going to translate to food scarcity. Let me give us the facts. The average Nigerian spends 56% of their income on feeding. What this means is that the average Nigerian spends 56% of their income on feeding. That means the money an average Nigerian family gets, half of it goes to feeding the family. Because price of food is expensive, oil is expensive, palm oil is expensive. So more than half of what we are earning is to feed ourselves at this current state that the economy is. Now, due to insecurity in the north, due to this banditry, banditry has driven a lot of farmers out of their farm. So farmers are not on the farm. During this, the planting season of 2021 is one of the worst so ever. These facts are with the Ministry of Agriculture. They know it, but they are not saying it out. People did not, farmers were not on the farm. Majority of our farmers are in IDP camps. They have been displaced by bandits. So they are not on the farm. So there's nobody planting anything that we're going to eat. So food scarcity will eat us massively when the harvest season comes. Because what you don't sow, you can't reap. So most farmers are not going to their farm. They planted less this year. And by next year, it might lead to a food supply crunch. Food supply crunch. So our food supply, the amount of food that we harvested to feed the nation will reduce. Now, remember we have already discussed about how subsidy removal will affect food prices. Now, we are not saying that even the food itself it will not be enough this means that food prices will increase drastically and drastically especially beginning from early next year food prices will increase drastically it is not a prophecy it is just due to the fact and figures down ground now this is also coupled with the population dilemma that we have our population is increasing by 2.5 percent while our agricultural output only increases by two percent that means that on the normal ground we don't have enough to feed ourselves now petroleum subsidy removal will affect food prices insecurity is also affecting food prices so next year brace yourself up for increasing food prices now remember we said that 56 percent of the 
average Nigerian family income is used to eat at the present prices of things. So what happens when food prices increase? The average family can be using 70 to 80 percent of their income to feed. What this means is that most families will be living from hand to mouth. They just want to survive for the next day. They will not be able to pay bills. They will not be able to send their children to school. A lot and a lot of things. They will not be even be able to pay rent. So these are the economic implications of these things. It is not just joke. It's not just as if we are just saying facts or numbers. These things have real life economic implications. So having looked at this, having looked at food insecurity and scarcity, intended first subsidy removal, and Nigerians' poverty rates, and the fact that GDP is not growing, now we can conclude logically that truly Nigeria is experiencing economic hardship. And the gloomy picture is that it's not just that we are experiencing economic hardship, it's that it can actually get worse. It can get worse when they remove subsidy. It can get worse because of the current banditry that would lead to food scarcity. It can get worse because of the dollar to naira ratio, the government interventionism that is taking place in the market. It can get worse in a lot and a lot of ways. So how should we react? We have established the fact that there is economic hardship. So how should we react? Now, like I would say, I quoted Solomon earlier that he said, the foolish one sees trouble, the wise one also sees trouble. But the difference between the foolish and the wise is that the foolish walks into it and the wise also moves from it. Now, this reminds me, I'm a forex trader and a crypto trader also, and the current Bitcoin crash that happened, few days before it happened, I think four or five it's days before that you, you predicted, you predicted the crash. Exactly. I actually predicted the crash. And the funny thing was that I wrote it on my status. Now, a lot of people looked at it and they left and all that. When the crash happened, <laughs> some people were my DM that, how did you know so, so, so? I said, see, how I know is not the point. The fact is that I've given you a tip. If you did not follow the tip, you were no different from somebody that never heard about the head that the crash was incoming before. So the fact that you know that things will get worse and we don't act on it does not make us different from someone that does not know. Knowledge that is not acting upon, acted upon, is foolishness. Because wisdom is when you act upon the knowledge. So what can we do, basically? Let's move fast. Number one, spend smartly. Spend smartly. Now is not the time to be involved in frivolities. I know December is coming. Everybody wants to get it at December. Ah, more all the stress since the beginning of the year. You want to vent it out. All your life savings. You want to go and flex and believe that God Almighty will provide for next year. It's actually not be economically smart. Now is not the time to be involved in frivolities. Reduce how much luxury goods you purchase. Luxury goods are basically goods that their prices are more, much more than the value they offer. For instance, a Gucci bag. I don't know how much they sell it. Maybe they sell it for 50k. And there's a normal bag that is going for maybe 8 or 10 k You should actually, at this season, even though there's tendency for you to want to go for a Gucci bag because of the frivolities and all that, but because you have you have been smart here, I want to spend smart, you should actually buy 10k bag that is also durable and will also offer you utility. At this period in time, you should be thinking in terms of utility. What can I get from this thing? So, basically, because by the time things start getting expensive, it will be hard for you to sell those luxury goods that you've purchased because people will not have the money to buy it they will not be interested in buying it and you might actually end up selling it lesser than you bought it now it's time to be disciplined with spending reduce your spending to the basics feeding clothing and just the basics now it's it's good to flex it's good actually but you can actually try to reduce it now save for the raining days so reduce your basics to this reduce your spending to the basics feeding savings and then investments so that leads me to the second point 
after spending smartly, number two, save. A wise man once said that you do not save after you have spent the money, but you spend after you have saved out of the money. So when you get the money, when you get an income, when money reaches your hand, you don't spend, you don't save after you have already removed everything you want to spend. No, but you save first, you save a particular percentage, you save systematically, and then you now spend the rest. Put money aside for the rainy days because the rainy days will surely come. In this nation, the rainy days will surely come. We cannot eat our cake and have it. All our years of national mismanagement will catch up with us, whether from PP time or from the military time. All our years of national mismanagement will catch up with us. We see Europe during this period of COVID-19 because they have successfully managed their economy over the years. I mean, during the COVID-19 lockdown, they were literally feeding their citizens. They were even giving them cash stipends. They were feeding them, giving them resources, everything. That's one of the advantages. That's the result of having good economy. Unlike Nigeria, we could not even try. We saw people holding in the mean. They were holding in the mean. Imagine. Those are political, those are national mismanagement. And those things will catch up us. However, don't just save. You should also save in dollars. This will make your money inflation-proof. I cannot talk about this enough. This will make your money inflation-proof. Save in dollars. The Naira is, you know, our GDP is not solid. There's no real value backing up the Naira as it is. So when saving dollars now, when the Naira is dropped, the money is avoiding that inflation. It's also getting more value. I will be able to I was going to mention it. Exactly. And people don't know that. An easier way you can actually save in dollars is by purchasing crypto coins. Now, you don't have to purchase coins that will from trading value they are stable coins that are pegged directly to the dollars they are just like the dollar for instance usdt usdc this or busd these are stable coins that are just like dollars so when you buy them you can just buy them and keep them your money does not fluctuate whether bitcoin goes up or goes down your value is the same so you can just buy them and keep them and that's just saving in dollars now also in case you cannot save in dollars what can you do there's another thing you can do you can buy things that will become expensive then you can buy things that will become expensive then. For instance, LEVC, I remember I was talking with a friend of mine, and he's a married man actually, and he was like, all these things you are saying, so what can I do? I have some changes. I told him, okay, convert the money to dollars. He did, he got some crypto coins, and he still told me, I still have some money with me. I told him, okay, you know what? Buy some stuff. He says things like, well, I said, buy imported stuffs. Because we are expecting the Naira to fall. When the Naira falls, things that were being imported become more expensive. It's just common sense. So when you buy things that are imported, by the time they become more expensive, you can always sell them back. So we went to a store, he bought a fridge. He went to those places they bring in imported stores. And he bought a fridge, then a PS4 console. That was, I think, around... Is it August or so or July or so? Now, as at last week, I was at his place and he was telling me that <laughs> if I know the value, the current value of this fridge now, like it's almost times two what it was initially. Because immediately after we bought it, the government introduced tar- import tariffs that make the price of imported stocks go up further. And the PS4 console he bought, as that then, it was like 180k. I think now it's worth like 200k. So I don't know, I'm not really in that line. But I know it has added value. Now, this is apart from the fact that he has gotten utility from the freezer and the PS4 console. He has used them. If he decides to sell them, he will even be selling them more than the price that he got them. 
another thing you can invest in is maybe buying cars i see someone saying on the group buying cars and another thing you can also invest in is also even iphones for instance iphone might actually have that might also be able to do that because iphones have been imported but if you buy an iphone and you use it to work when the naira and the dollar comes start because it will start why why will the naira and dollar comes start because i see diamond saying that the naira might actually go up against dollar i don't believe so it might but it might not why because imf they give us two things number one you must first subsidy number two the government must stop market interventionism that's what has been keeping the naira at 500 ask yourself why is the naira stop sliding all of a sudden the government is engaged in market interventionism they are shock padding the naira from falling with huge amount of money but imf has told us to stop it so they told us to stop first subsidy and to also stop that also and the government has to abide by those two things so once the government stops market interventionism the naira to dollar that's flowing basically on demand and supply levels and I don't believe that people have much confidence in the Naira currently, so it might actually slide for that. Now, another thing, diversify your portfolio, invest in other things. If you are a crypto trader, there are other things you can invest in. If you are a business person, you can actually move some of your company's profits and set them aside to invest in other things. For instance, we have looked at the fact that food prices might go. If we are smart people, we can actually begin to invest in agriculture. If you get chickens to begin to lay egg for you, I mean, you will always say the demand is always there. It is catfish farming, it is every, it is anything. And I think I heard about an investment company. I'm not doing PR for any company now, but I heard about an agricultural company. They are legit, actually. They are recognized by the government and CBN and all that. Whereby, with one as low as 200k, you get a land, a physical land, you get the CO4, then they'll put a farmer on it for you, and you choose the crop you want them to produce for you, and the farmer will farm, and at the end of the farming period, they will harvest, and they will sell the proceeds, and they will give you back your own share. Now, you can keep doing it as long as you want. The land becomes your own, so even when you are tired of farming, you are not involved in the farming process, they'll be the one in charge of the administrative duty. When you are not interested in farming again, you can always, the land is there for you. You can always sell the land or even build on it or do something else with it. So diversify your portfolio, your company's profits. Don't just keep it in the bank. You can also use it as a form of investment so that in the case that the economic crunch affects your business in one way or the other, your company has a backup. Most of these big, big companies, they post profits here and there, profits here and there. Most of those profits are not from that actual venture. They're actually from the other investments that they have used their company's money to tie down. So when the profit comes in, it automatically counts as the company's own. This is also a wisdom that if we are running business that we can also do. The profits coming in from our business, when we save, we can then invest into another entirely different place. And finally, where I'll be stopping today, build relationships. A friend is valuable in the days of trouble. We've heard that from Fortune's session that he had with us in the past week, building relationship. That particular one really blessed me. Now, the last one I'll be saying is that develop yourself. Develop yourself. Why? It is going to be the survival of the fittest. So you have to make sure you are fit enough to weather the storm. We have said everything. We have looked at how Nigeria is facing economic hardship, and it might actually be worse according to data. So equip yourself with knowledge that will give you an edge. Don't just go about complaining. Nigerians will like complaining. You log into Twitter, you see people complaining day and night, day and night. You guys are not tired. We like complaining. But rechannel your energy to better position your business to survive and flourish. 
rechannel your energy. Downtimes are times to recharge and load oneself for the next economy move. During downtimes, just like in crypto markets, now that things are bad, it's actually the time you should begin to analyze and look for coins to buy. Do your research so that when it is time that the market is favoring, you already know what to do, you already loaded up. I'll be also quoting the word of King Solomon, one of the richest men in history. He said, in the morning, sow your seed. In the afternoon, be told not your hand. That means don't stop sowing your seed. Now, this idea is really counterintuitive because as a farmer then, when they go to the farm early in the morning, they plant, I mean, until afternoon. Then in the afternoon, when the sun comes out, they will go under a tree and go and relax because they will not want to walk under the sun. Then in the evening, they can just round up and go back to the house. But Solomon, the richest man in the world in his time then, and one of the top 10 richest men till today, is telling you that in the morning, so in the afternoon, when you are supposed to be resting, don't re- when things are hard, continue sowing. So economic hardship is not an excuse for you not to develop yourself. <laughs> this is what Solomon said. Economic hardship is not an excuse for you not to develop yourself. Don't stop developing. Let that be one of the constant things in your life. Read books, watch YouTube content in your area, not marketing jail, not comedy skits. Those ones are making their money. Pay for mentorship and learn so that when the morning comes, you'll be well prepared to take advantage of the rising opportunities the economy has to offer. In closing, will the money never come? Will Nigeria ever get better? Will things ever get better? With all these things that I've said. Well, me personally, this is my own personal opinion. Yes, the future is bright. Even if we have to look at it statistically, apart from hype or anything, I don't really like hyping myself. I like looking at the facts and figures. All these European nations, they all want to run away to. They want to pass through worse situations than ours. You can check the history of all those nations. They want to pass through worse situations than ours. So it is short-sightedness and emotional biasness because due to the pain of what we are feeling now, that is making us to think that things might never be better for us again. In short, I think that, or I believe that things will get better for us earlier than we anticipate. However, before things get better, we must learn how to survive and keep our heads above the water and survive to see the better days. So with this, I come to the end of my presentation for us to just to They can actually help us and save our lives in the coming year. We want questions and um, contributions to see people also have ideas. Definitely. Fantastic section from you, man. I've not forgotten, honestly. People only post the best part of their lives. They don't post their downtimes. Nobody posts their downtimes. Yeah. They only yeah. post the best. Even we ourselves wow. too. When we want to post, we post the you snap that picture, you select that like, you select the best to post. No. <laughs> <laughs> I we do it. You 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 snap like 10 pictures, then you post maybe one or two. You select in short sure. you can ask. Let me check which one which picture is nice. Yeah. You you cannot afford to use social media as the platform to channel out your energy. No. Don't let social media take your energy in Channel it to better things, to developing yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, Damos said he has a contribution. Good evening, everyone. First of all, I would like to say that this particular podcast is going to be competing with Relationship and Currency Podcast for me as my two favorites. Because these two are the ones that I actually picked so much, so much that to add to the little I already know. I really appreciate it a lot. Thanks, Ayo, for today's session. I would like to comment on something about that, how to put our heads above water. The one, one will be academic. The other one is about something he said on USD. 
USDT basically will rise against the Naira. So we can tend to see something like maybe 600 or 700 Naira against the dollar. Personally, my money is not even in Naira. The little I have. Then the second thing I want to say is about, it's basically academic. I think there is this narrative of education is calm that is flying around and it's for me personally i think it's not a very very good narrative yes the academic system in nigeria is not really that favorable but for example now if you look at this session now how would ayo give us this kind of session if he does not have knowledge if he does not have knowledge and the reason why he has this knowledge is because one this is basically his skill that statement in itself is this calm so you know what the statement is pointing to i think i'm not only fighting so many youths who are kind of running around with that mindset that there are other things they can do than in quote spend time in school and i think we need to correct that mindset because it's just a learning environment it does not necessarily mean that you need to use the degree or whatever you get from it but saying education is calm or stuff we need to get that out of our head because it's something you need if you really want to stay above the water Thank you again, Ayo, for this evening's podcast. All right. Thank you very much, Damon. Yeah, all yeah, So we hear from Tohi. Uh, Tohi, floor is yours. Good evening, everyone. My question is this. I think virtually everybody knows that the three ways to financial prosperity is saving, investment, and conserving money, not spending lavishly, I would say. What are the actionable steps we can actually take to be conscious of how we spend and to save money? The actionable steps to take to make money or to be financially free to actually have the habit of not spending like lavishly, I would say. Okay, thank you very much for your contribution. In terms of saving, number one, you need to give structure to anything you want to do in this life. You need to structure it. Number one, I would say, in terms of savings, number one is discipline. You have to get discipline. And discipline comes from seeing the need to do something. Discipline comes from commitment. And the discipline can also come from knowledge. When you keep exposing yourself to a particular kind of knowledge. The reason why you are thinking like this now in this manner that, okay, there's a need for us to learn how to save. is because you actually just finished exposing yourself to an information. Now, when you keep on exposing yourself, that's why this podcast, I personally listen to one podcast at least twice. Most other, maybe YouTube content I watch, I listen to them as much as three to four times. Because you need to listen again and again for you to form a mindset. Now, it is from that mindset that you now get internal motivation to continue. You cannot rely on external motivation all the time. It doesn't last. You need that internal motivation. But it comes from what you have built into yourself. So you need to develop discipline into yourself. And if you are going on the path of financial freedom, it will take time. Let me debunk that myth of getting young. You see, it's possible, but statistically, only maybe like 2% of youth get rich when they are young. Even abroad, look at America, where we all want to go to. How many of their youths try to become millionaire in dollars in their early, in their early 20s? How many youths can we point to abroad that became millionaire in their early Yes, we can point to them, but what is their ratio compared to the general public? What is going to think in numbers early? You see that it's just like 2% to 5%. In short, maybe like 2% of that chance happening. So real financial freedom takes time. And the process is simple. Find a skill, learn the skill, then apply the skill. This process, this theory process can take as long as 5 to 10 years. So the discipline has to still be there. But discipline for savings, it starts from you realizing that you have to. For instance, we have said that things might actually be an 
flex you might just decide okay the money i'll use to flex this december maybe i should just use it to buy food stuff at home or something or maybe i should actually save it in dollars buy dollar coin then maybe when things get expensive i can put it out from there that's if because things might actually not get expensive but if things get expensive because i'm sure with everything i've seen some people might still be like hey, it's just speculation it might actually be speculation but if things do get expensive you can't then because you have already applied this wisdom then withdraw from it and then be on the good side of things so practical steps to saving is just discipline starts in your head i can tell you um open piggy vest accounts or make sure you save 10 percent of whatever you earn or something something but the truth is that if you are not disciplined in your mind if the mindset has not still been in you you will save 10 percent today and go and remove 20 percent tomorrow <laughs> so you save 10 percent today and go and remove 20 percent tomorrow so it is necessary for us to first imbibe that discipline in ourselves then the rest flows real change happens at the point whereby we make that decision that see i want to change my life that's when the real change happens then you can also save by yourself. You can open an account and decide not to collect the ATM. Okay, you get, maybe you can just walk into any bank, open an account, any bank, and then not collect the ATM. That way you can withdraw from it. Then you'll be saving it. We have said again that you should not save in Naira. So you can just have yeah. a crypto plug and then anytime you have 5k too, you can just buy the coins and just put them. So if you are to act, you can need to understand that nobody is going to help you do your work. You have the work cut out for you, honestly. You see, most of the things we take in is just like 20 percent of our results. Most of the part has to do with us, yeah. We actually in the work and that's where many people have problems with putting in the work. Let me use trading for example. I always love trading for example. A lot of people learn how to trade. Do they actually spend time to put in the work? Practice what they have learned. No. And then when they do that, they go about telling people that this guy is doing this and that. Yeah. Meanwhile, most of the work is there and that can be related to what we do in our everyday life. We learn a lot of stuff, but we actually apply. To be honest, when you actually apply things, you now find out that there are unique ways of doing those things that relate to you because you have your own you have your own method you have your unique strategy and all of that nobody's going to help you find that it is up to you that means that we'll be having passionate thank you yeah. for the insights if you gave us some economical breakdown or to what nigeria is facing and what we should expect in the near future i wish that we realized it in 2019 that we should start saving in usd <laughs> somebody like, like diamond will have gotten his first private jets by now <laughs> It's what we do and with the knowledge. You see, the, I feel like issues a lot of young people have is we have this information everywhere and staying true to a particular thing. Staying true to a particular thing, you have an information and yeah. uh, the discipline to stay true. If we can really have a discussion on discipline generally, a lot of people cannot really be disciplined. If, for instance, you say someone should start forex trading, for instance, or crypto. Now, I told the person you are doing research on these things. If it works for you for like a week, you are happy. If it's not working for like two or three days, then you just like, ah, no, 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 this thing is too much. You are giving up already, and it's draining. It's really draining. It takes time for you to really accept that you need to come to them and say, okay, I need to stay here. I need to develop here. I need to now grow here. Yeah, I feel like in this part of the world, we get tired easily. And I mentioned something that really struck a chord in me. He said, we pressure ourselves to make it at this young age. I kind of face that yeah. When he said that, he hits me like seriously. 
I kind of faced that pressure. I felt like to tell you, I think I've told Diamond the before. I felt like I started knowing about finance late. I'm not up to 27, but I feel like I got into the financial world late because I see a lot of young people younger than I am. Popular names, first time to mention their names that I am older than. Those pressures and all of those things came and so you would want to say, okay, I want to make it before I'm 30. I want to be able to get out. I want to be able to, you know, get a company. I want to be able to do stuff. So. That pressure of making it at uh, that in quotes, young proud. exactly make mama proud, like build house for your mama, papa. You know, send your younger brother if you are the first one, like I am, send your last one abroad to study so that your children have uncle in the US or in America. <laughs> those things are just castles in the sky that have been built on it. Those things are not economically realistic. I really need to appreciate uh, yeah, the blunt truths we really need to tell ourselves as young people and he just gave that out today and fucking has been one person that has always been blunt like to you tomorrow. Fortunately, there is someone that I always say, see, guy, nobody go do one for you. Especially when it comes to Forex. Go pack all the courses learn, you know, go still make money. Like he's so blunt. I like that. We are actually telling ourselves the truth undiluted. Because one thing I just said is we are giving ourselves unrealistic. What did he call that thing again? Unrealistic unnecessary pressure unrealistic pressures these things are not realistic because sometimes we look at people like the video is 26 he's making money at that looking at few people that are making these things at from 20 to 30 i have made us realize here that those things are unrealistic naturally it's about time about pace but thank you very much ayo it's really a wonderful time here today all right thank you very much ayo, i see someone saying something here that i know a guy that clocked 18 last month and had over 1.3 million dollars see I'm not saying that it's not possible. It's possible for you to be young and have money. But the probability of it happening, let us be thinking with facts and figures, is less, in short, it is less than 0.2%. Now, you know somebody that clocked 18. How many 18-year-olds do we have in Nigeria? How many of them have one population? How many of them have one millionaire? That's it, because it is like a miracle. It is not a normal happening. And I'm sure some things must have happened for this guy to have 1.3 million dollars. Maybe he was gifted. So as young men, and we can also look at the lives of our most times we tend to look at our parents as failed people. But we should actually also look at their lives. They have actually tried and they are the one that trained us to where we are. And most of us, our parents did not smell money until maybe in their 40s or maybe in their 30s at most. In short, that was when a lot of them started getting married, settling down and all that and all that. But they were never involved in this money craze that we are in our early 20s and things like that. This moment of our life should be for building the necessary knowledge. We should not put pressure on ourselves, okay? As young people, what we use this time to do is build up the necessary values. Our lives is young. Our lives will still extend. Most of us will live to 70, 80, 90 if we take care of ourselves. So don't use this 5 to 10 year period of your life to now spoil things for yourself. Use it rather to build a foundation. Go to school, develop yourself, personal development, mental development. Develop yourself so that you can now become a solid person when you approach your 30s, you raise your family, then your 40s, and you can begin to be useful to the society. So that's it basically. And one more thing, what we have heard, let us put it to work. That's what makes us wise. Thank you very much, Fortune, for this opportunity. Thank you very much, guys. It's wonderful being here tonight.
Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much for being here for this amazing session. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you to every single listener, every contributor, every single one, both those that were active on the chat box. See you guys in the next episode. Signing out here for Ken Edwards of the Billions of Cheers.